Kevin Jonas is the reason uh, Trump is president. So like, wait, what? Oh, this is one of my no, favorite no, fucking theories. No. So Kevin Jonas got kicked off of Celebrity Apprentice way earlier than they expected. He like fucked something up and like took the fall for it and got fired. And that was like episode two. And that was supposed to be the big like conflict arc because he was the most famous person on that season, including Donald Trump. So when he gets kicked off, all he's left to do is like blog about it for the whatever channel had Celebrity Apprentice. And slowly but surely, it just becomes a really boring season. And that's when Trump starts picking up on if I tweet horrible things about politics, I'm still relevant. Uh, So you are somehow blaming Kevin Jonas getting kicked off of Celebrity Apprentice. Kevin Jonas getting kicked off Celebrity Apprentice forced Trump to figure out that if he tweeted terrible things, including the birther movement, he would be famouser famouser he would be more famous and he would stay relevant and the man likes power kevin jonas is the catalyst for the trump presidency i don't make the rules i'm gonna jump on this bandwagon fuck kevin jonas Fuck Kevin Jonas. The Kevins have abandoned us. Is he the ugly older one? (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, yep. The least hot Jonas brother. Yeah, because he was always my favorite Welcome. Yeah. Sorry. Welcome. Hello. Hi. This is our show. Did you know we have a show? I didn't. I didn't. What's going on? Did you know that it's Thanksgiving for the people listening? Oh, yeah, about a time. I was and like, not it's us? definitely not Thanksgiving today. And then I realized this comes out next week. Oh. This, this is Thanksgiving for the people. We got to prepare ahead of time and think about things. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you haven't murdered your family yet. I'm drunk. What's going if on? you did, <laughs> um, not covering for you. you. Should really not do that. Don't do that. But just feature oh boy. Uncle, your angry uncle Larry, some edibles, man. It'll <laughs> all be fine. <laughs> Get everybody hi. So my name's Katie. Yeah, and my name's Amanda. And today we have back with us our favorite guest ever. Sorry to everyone else who's been a guest because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Friend of the pod. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have Brie back. You might remember her from the Kinks episode, which is actually our like one of our most listened to episodes. Sick. Oh, cue the applause. People track. love the Kinks. <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> hey guys, how you doing? The crowd goes wild. Yes. Yeah, man. So Bree's back. You might have listened to her on Kinks. You might have taken that sick-ass BDSM quiz. I hope you guys took that quiz. That quiz is great. We did. We took it while we were here. No, I'm talking about the listeners. They did. A lot of people messaged us and were like, yeah, we took, we had our friend take the BDSM quiz. I wanted to hear about that. You should have told me that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should have. I had a bunch of people take it with me in the middle of a Whole Foods. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's pretty spot on, I think. It is. It's it's very well done. It was it was well done. It's really, oh boy! It's more I found it more interesting to take it with my partner. Yeah, same. And then kind of see how that went. That was funny to see, like, oh, I'm a brat, and you're you are a brat tamer. Oh, I'll take it. Okay. Oh, there you go. Look at how bad it goes. Yeah. There you go. So that's some fun shit. You should go listen to that episode. I don't know what it is. It's called something about kings. I'm looking for a shirt, Daddy. But today yeah. we're talking about a different thing. Yes. What are we talking about, Katie? Um, I named the Google Doc stage sage stuffing advice because you put sage in stuffing, but it's also something you call a wise person. Because <laughs> I love puns. You can't see my finger guns, but they are there. Can I just say cue the Think again. turkey track now? Yes. Do you guys interject sounds? I don't know. <laughs> we should interject sounds. We can. <laughs> if not, I'll just make it. Yeah, we'll just have, we'll just have turkey goggles. <laughs> Anytime that's relevant, turkey. 
Wow, that is so fun to make that noise. It's almost as fun as like mimicking goat noises because they're like, yeah, the ones that scream like humans, but I won't do that here. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you for that demonstration. But, but today we have turkeys, so. Today. Actually really good. <laughs> Thank you. So are you. Thanks. Oh, wow. You learn something new every day. Apparently, I'm really good at making turkey noises. If I had a hinge still, that would be my uh, fun fact. <laughs> mm. uh, wow. And only. Good. Did we do the kink episode? That was a few months ago. Yeah, so just in a matter of how many months we all went from single to wifing them up. <laughs> or. It's cuffing season. We've already covered no, this. Oh, God, fuck. All right, fine. Moving on. <laughs> Nothing matters. It's cuffing season. Yeah. Talk to, I'll talk to everyone in four to five months, and we'll see where we are. Ouch. Yeah, right? She's keeping it real. No, it's true. I just, I just got to keep it real because I'm not properly cuffed. Thank you. She's bitter. <laughs> and I'm bitter about it. You know what? There's a there's an easy way to resolve that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But I really enjoy stuffing my feelings dark, deep down inside me and never ever resolving. Oh, someone's, someone's not cooking through their emotions. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. There's have so to, much emotion in that cornbread I made, man. You have no idea. Relationship. Ooh. Oh, I'm loving these Thanksgiving Day puns. Oh man, pass the cranberry sauce and the mashed potatoes. Ooh, the turkey looks great. <laughs> Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being there. Everyone's thanking. The whole world's thanking you. Thanking us for thanking you. Kill the turkey. I'm sorry. That had to all come out. Do you watch Bob's Burgers? No. You get it. Okay. Yeah, I get it. I am Linda Velger. It's fine. This week's episode, Linda and Bob go to an artist loft and feel really lame the whole time. And I've literally lived that evening. You're up to date with the episodes. Yes. I watched it on Hulu. Thank you. You know, I just, I finally got into my friend's Hulu account because she's a goddess. Hashtag thanks, Emily. Um, Why did I say hashtag? I hate myself. Thanks, Emily. Thanks, Emily. It's you millennials and your hashtags. You're a no, you're not. I'm the one that comes before the millennials. No, you're right. very. The oldest oh, millennials are like 45. <laughs> you're only 22, right? You're a fucking millennial. No. I still feel like I'm not actually. The, the oldest millennials are 38. Okay. <laughs> are you old as shit? No, she's not. She's not 30. She's not 38. No, I'm 34. <laughs> yeah. Are you I, old don't, I, don't, I don't like I think I relate more to the generation that would be classified before me than okay. I do probably millennials as far as like dating and like social media yeah. more like what? but I mean like you're the same age as my sister and I'm really close to my sister so true you do snap a lot though what you do snap a lot not as much anymore okay Joanne Crafts okay well, that, <laughs> that was a very snappable day that was a snap Okay, I'll give you that one. So, but I, Katie can Illuminati confirm my snapping has significantly decreased. Um, when you're sad, it doesn't. But like, I'm not sad. As long as you're not sad. When was I sad? Literally all the time. <laughs> Amanda likes to think that she's a vlogger to a few select people, and I elect to not really listen to those vlogs because I edit our podcast. I think that I have special dis- dispensation. Wow. The, uh, uh, the, I just put up the paper divider between myself and this conversation. <laughs> that sass was unbelievable. Well, you'll send me like videos on on Snapchat of you like talking about Marvel and I'm like, you know, like Tony Stark. And I'm like, I literally, first of all, I have Love You 3000, Marvel, Avengers. And then I scroll until I understand something. I haven't sent any of that in weeks. That's just like a good, <laughs> that's just a good example. That's all I'm saying. I literally I 
yeah, I don't Snapchat as much as I used to. And I'm also not sad all the time. So now there's a correlation between you getting laid and you not sending well, long Snapchat videos. There's always a correlation between you getting laid and how much you're snapping. <laughs> Everyone knows the more sex that you're having, the less you give a fuck about social media. Yeah. You have no mm-hmm. fucking time. Well, that you just don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. Not, like, look, that's, it's because you're not trying to connect with people. Yeah. Like, you're not sitting at home by yourself where you don't feel, like, that same sense of kind of, like, disconnection with people. Because you have someone you're feeling mm-hmm. connected to. So you're not looking outside of yourself or outside of, you know, your relationship for that connection. Yeah. Social media is as popular as it is because it, people are inherently lonely because social media is as popular as it is. Yeah. You connect to, with people mm-hmm. through bullshit fucking apps and it's super so superficial and we have very little like real FaceTime anymore and the time that you do have with people except for a select handful of people is generally I think pretty still pretty shallow or is really drama fueled it's sad wow and to kind of uh say that yeah topic I think it's very relatable because social media I think plays a significant part in our desire or like what we quantify as success or like where our life should be because we are consistently and this is a problem I've had with social media and as of late I've been ever since Jamie actually like called me the fuck out so Jamie if you're listening thank you um on like how much I was because I I think I was I was very anxious and I think I was channeling my anxiety and it increased my like social media usage because I was just like very not OCD about it because that's not the proper term but I was just very like obsessive Mm -hmm. and just like compulsively just scrolling through it but I realized like just how all-consuming it was and I was it was a problem and so as of late over the past month or so I've been trying to like be a lot better and just like being present and yeah there also I think is a a happiness a gauge of happiness that comes with that um when we're talking about expectations you know it is a platform that we that we collectively mm-hmm. we use to show that quote unquote living our best life, right? Yeah. So here's what I'm doing. Here's the awesome thing that I'm doing. And you might just be posting a video because you're genuinely having fun or you're creating yeah. that memory. But really, you know, the expectation is to only share the best parts of yourself and mm-hmm. not to share any of those lesser parts of yourself. Um Oh, and yeah. create this, like, we curate this idea of how fascinating our life is or how cool our life is or how, you know, look, these great things that we're doing. But really, it's, it's a false. Yeah. It's a false idea of that person. Or I also think it's appropriate to talk about expectations with dating, mm-hmm. where I <clears throat> have always hated when I would be in the dating world and someone would try to connect with me on social media. I don't want to see your shit. I don't, because what's going to happen is I'm going to see your Facebook page or your Instagram page, and then I'm going to start building these ideas of you based on, like, my preconceived ideas yeah. of others or my past experiences. As much as I'll generally try not to, like, see who you are in that content, you usually come to some kind of conclusion. Yeah. And that also happens vice versa, where you have somebody that it might be looking at your social media and... It, I think it takes all of the the mystery away. Yeah. Yeah. And then you mm-hmm. have these these preconceived ideas or these expectations of a person of how they might be or how they might act or how they might look. And then that's usually not true. Sometimes it is dead dead center true, but um I don't know, it just has a lot of negative impact. Yeah. You know, the the real third part of that is not just how much time we spend on social media, but also when you're constantly exposed to these curated ideas, or I'm sorry, these curated images or mm-hmm. characters of a person, you're setting your own expectations for what your life is supposed to be in comparison to that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's not real. Yeah. Like that that woman that you saw who's like just went out and bought a brand new pair of shoes, like $300, pair, $300 pair of shoes, or who just took a vacation to like Jamaica or whatever it is, like people that have these like really big purchases or mm-hmm. adventures or even just kind of small adventures. They might've just broke up with someone and been crying for the 
five days before that. Yeah. Or they might mm-hmm. actually just be really wasted and super depressed. Yeah. But you see mm-hmm. what they want you to see. Yeah. I just think that there's, <clears throat> it just has a really negative impact overall. I try to really minimize my time. I don't use Facebook at all anymore. I just use it for, I have to have it for a connection for, for my job. That's one thing just for our, our staff group. But, um, I generally, I don't even have the app logged in on my phone any longer. I mean, I got rid of all the dating apps. I did that way, way while ago. Uh, and Instagram, even Instagram has taken on, it used to be a platform I really enjoyed. And now it's really taken a different yeah. turn for me based on some events in my life. But now I just send you tours and cancer. Yeah, I pretty much just <laughs> only look at my direct messages now. I just, I rarely, rarely scroll through the content any longer because it's still, my life has changed so much. And a lot of the content on there was more relevant to how my life was just a few months ago. Yeah. And now, mm-hmm. in a short time, my life and my my lifestyle has changed greatly. So I don't really, I really can't connect with that content any longer. Mm-hmm. But. And that's how quickly things change. And that's how little someone may know outside looking and they may not be able to see that either. Right. Yeah, so guys. Katie's getting ready. Guys, I'm I'm ready to tell you a fucking thing. Today, as you as you may have been able to gather, is another pep talk episode, which y'all love. Uh, but it's one very close to I think all of our hearts, and it's something we have to remind ourselves of all the time. That everything moves at its own pace. There is no point system. You're only in competition with yourself. And uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, the holidays only exacerbate that a little little bit more. You come home for the first time in who knows how long. And everybody's got their life updates. And this is on top of what you've seen on social media, which only makes it worse. You got the relationships and the promotions and the weddings and the babies and the businesses and the addresses and the mortgages and the accomplishments and the failures. and the, But you don't really hear about the failures. And it's a lot to process. And so we're here with Bree to give you a little pep talk because it is Thanksgiving and you're either listening to this on Thanksgiving to avoid your family or maybe it's Black Friday and you're on your way home and you're just mentally wiped. Whatever the case may be, we wanna we wanna add a little positivity to your day and remind you that life is weird and it's okay. Okay. Well, I first wanna just start off by saying that you're the only person that can measure your happiness. Yes. That no one happiness is not measured by others' expectations of you. Um, or by others' ideas of what is right in their life. If you, mm-hmm. speaking like from my own point of view on life, fuck the white picket fence, fuck having this family with kids. Personally, for me, it was fuck going to college. Mm-hmm. I have always been mm-hmm. the type to make choices. You know, if there's like one out of ten, I'm the one out of the ten making a different choice. Yeah. And the most valuable thing that I learned from that is that I'm the only person that can define my happiness. You know, if I choose to live this kind of middle-class, mediocre life, but I'm happy, then that's my choice and I'm happy with it. It doesn't mean I have to reach, you know, this salary bracket per year to be happy or I have to have this relationship or I have Mm -hmm. to buy a house or I have to have all these things that are really put... There are these kind of like 1950 standards. It's just like a general example of the 1950 standards of that white picket fence life, that perfect rounded American life that still has such a large impact Mm -hmm. even on our generation now. Fuck that shit. Do you? Like, do you think that because you chose a different lifestyle and you know you actively choose to kind of go on your beaten path that you're able to step back more easily because you there's a clear point A to point B moment for you between like yourself and maybe people you know that you compare yourself to or do you still have do you still feel like you have equal amounts of anxiety I don't think that as someone who did follow the plan I don't think there's actually any like point A to point B that I think there's actually a lot more trial and error that comes with it because there's there's not like this construct to guide you it's more Mm -hmm. me being told oh you can't do this and me like no I actually fuck you I can't like my whole attitude is more of a fuck you attitude (laughs) Um, fuck you I can't 
I think that anxiety is measured by your own personal experience. I have probably had it because of not having kind of some structure in my life in my younger years. I've definitely had to figure a lot of things out and it's been harder for me, but it has in at this point in my life been valuable because I think there's a large summation of people that walk through life without really being aware of their needs or their wants or their real genuine levels of happiness or, or displeasure. I can step away and I'm more, I think I'm more acutely aware of the things that make me happy and the things that don't. I also don't have as many, how do I put this? I don't have as much guilt stepping away from things that don't make me happy or friendships that don't mm-hmm. make me happy. I have taken away of not letting anyone decide to find expectations of who I'm supposed to be by living my life for myself. And what ends up happening that and this is the hard truth is you are going to piss a lot of people off that because we mm-hmm. have such a large mass majority that live in these confines of what kind of friends they should be or what kind of people they should be to each other. I'm not personally capable of giving that much of myself to very mm-hmm. many people at once. I want to have a small group of friends and I like having the large social community, but who I really care about is a very small, small, small group. And I can only kind of delegate that emotion and that like feeling towards maybe one or two of those people at a time because mm-hmm. that's just my capacity of like where I can get. It's my, my, also my emotional barrier, but when you have to step back and take for yourself or you just live for yourself, you can piss, you will piss a lot of close people, the pe- a lot of the people that are close to you off at the same time because mm-hmm. you're really not asking for the permission to do those things. You're just doing them mm-hmm. for yourself. So. And there's nothing wrong with not asking for permission. Right. You're goddamn life. Yes. But I think that what I did realize that came with that when you live without expectations of others on you is a lot more confidence in yourself physical, mental confidence, personal confidence. Um, for, there's, It's just an, a lot of freedom in what you choose to do when you're day in and day out habits, what you choose to do when you go out, who mm-hmm. you choose to date or sleep with, where you choose to live. Like, You just do the things that are right for you rather than worrying about what others expect you to do or what mm-hmm. you think they expect you to do, if that makes sense. But fuck it live, mm-hmm. live for yourself fuck yeah <laughs> absolutely i hope i open this up yeah. with a decent pep talk no that you, was, you open that the fuck up that, that was just like very well spoken as well and i think i think a lot of our listeners too are kind of at this point in their life where they're figuring out who they are right. because i mean you're post-college and because we have people who are you know our age we have people who are like younger than us listening as well. And so it's just kind of like they're at this point where it's really just figuring out who you are. And for a long time, I've never really struggled with figuring out like who I am as Amanda, but kind of dealing with the pressures of where I'm supposed to be, especially having like an older brother who is basically groomed to be the perfect child and like me yeah. not amounting or like, to me, I felt like I had to, like, I've always had to one-up him, and it's still, like, I still feel it sometimes today, and so it's just kind of, like, learning that of, like, you have to live for yourself, and, like, your happiness is contingent on you and you alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, there's definitely, I noticed, especially this is a generation, our generation, and probably the one to follow us is that, because we, ha- we going back to kind of, like, talking about social media and how we see others and and this uh, how celebrities for instance are are such a huge part of American culture so a lot of youth a lot of because we're so exposed to all the time we're always chasing this dream that we have to be bigger and better Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and oh well if I'm making $25,000 this year I need to make $35,000 next year or my life goal is to make $60,000 a year like yeah I want to make $60,000 a year because I have a lifestyle that I want to support by making mm-hmm. that. But like, I also don't mind driving a shitty Kia and living in like a one bedroom apartment that isn't insulated very well. Like, mm-hmm. because. Honestly, I think our generation was raised consi- consistently to be compared to one another. Right, and that right. was supposed to be your competition. Right. 
and then social media happens. Also, yes, it's like this perfect storm. But the whole, my whole, I'm sorry, the whole point I was making with it is that we have generationally, we're comparing ourselves and thinking we have to keep climbing, climbing, climbing yeah. and reaching these standards. That, and we're the ones setting them for ourselves. Yeah. Really, in reality, is we see it, but we're setting them for ourselves mentally. Yeah. And it's like, look, if you want to live a mediocre life where you just like to hang out at a local bar or like ride your bike every day in a local park and live in like a, you know, $550, $600 shitty one bedroom apartment and have a mediocre job and you're content and that makes you happy, stay there. Like, yeah. like be happy. Then it's not mediocre. Yeah. It's perfect yeah. for you. It's like, if it, you know, and if you want to climb that social ladder, or you want to climb the business ladder and you want to make $120,000 a year. You want to be a fucking Meghan Merkel. <laughs> if you want to be Meghan Merkel, go for it. Like if that's what makes you happy, go for it. But don't let anybody else set those yeah. expectations for you. And also, and also yeah. take time to like acknowledge and be proud of yourself when you do reach accomplishments. Yes. You know, like I mm-hmm. recently got promoted to a position that completely moves my career into the direction I want it to go to. And I'm only 24 years old and most people my age would not have a, like most people in my field at my age have not done that and whether or not they've wanted to. And it's just like, I was fortunate enough to have those opportunities and fortunate enough to have a leadership team that believed in me, but also like I've worked my ass off to get Mm -hmm. here. And Mm -hmm. even though I'm here now, I'm just like dealing with imposter syndrome and I've had nothing but an overwhelming, like beautiful amount of support from my coworkers and people are just like, you, you're doing great and you deserve to be here. And just reminding myself that like, I do deserve this and I should be really fucking proud of where I am because it's, I'm finally getting to do like what I've been wanting to do for years. And well, and you know, with risk, I think that when you have put so much risk into Mm -hmm. achieving a goal that I like what you said about having imposter syndrome, I watched this really good Ted talk and there's, you know how there's the fake it till you make it. This Mm -hmm. woman's like, no, no, no fake it till you become it because any position or anything that's challenging that you have no idea what you're doing you're Mm -hmm. jumping in it and you're like i'm taking this risk and i'm going for it you're doing it because it's something new it's something stimulating it's Mm -hmm. something that's a challenge that's going to make you feel more successful yeah and there's always a learning curve to that so just fake it until you become it and then you get become it and you're like wait here's i'm four months away from when i started this job and i know it like the back of my hand yeah so please send me that ted talk Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, my, my former therapist. Yeah, bitch, send me that TED Talk. It's a great TED Talk. Because I always say fake it till you make it, but now I'm going to be like, fake it till you become it. And everyone's going to be like, shut up. They're going to be like, Amanda watch a, watched a yeah, TED Talk. Yeah, they'll be like, what fucking TED Talk did Amanda watch? <laughs> yeah, so we did kind of make a list um, of how to not compare yourself to others. What kind of mindsets do you need to get into? And what TED Talks do you need to watch in order to sit at the Thanksgiving table or go home and be comfortable with the fact that you're not an imposter. We all have imposter syndrome. I personally will tell people, like, if you have imposter syndrome, it's because you're doing it right. You are are a humble person who is succeeding. Can't confirm she has said Also, if you're of legal drinking age, you're an adult. Yeah. To the government, you're an adult. Actually, you're an adult at 18. But to me, if you're really legal drinking age, you're you are an adult. If you don't live with your parents, you've made adult choices. If you've moved away to a different state and you go home to visit your parents. Like, here's another thing about expectations with the holidays. It, a lot of it comes from your family, right? And, like, mm-hmm. not just your friends and all these achievements. But I think a lot of it's really social pressures from your family. You're allowed to say, this is the choice that I made. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is who I decided to date. This is the job I started to take. Or yeah. decided to take. Make your own mistakes. It's not up to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there there will be bitchy comments made. There will be there will be side eye. You have to be confident in that decision that you've made. And I think our conversation will hopefully bring you to a higher level of confidence. Yeah. So I feel like the purpose mainly of this episode because people might be listening and being like this is very related but what is like 
But yeah. in the grand scheme of a dating of, of a dating podcast, what does it all mean? And it all boils down to like you have to appreciate yourself, you have to love yourself, and you have to kind of know what the fuck you're about in order to really be in a relationship. And you, as the beautiful Emma Watson said, if you're not in a relationship, you're self fucking partnered, and that's magical. And it's a great it's a great feeling when you know mm-hmm. who you are and you are living your truth and like Sometimes you have to make really hard decisions or sometimes really unfortunate things happen and you lose people in your life or you gain people and lose them. And, you know, it's just a cycle. But to be able to live your truth and to know who you are and to realize that, like, your success is not contingent on whatever anyone else says is very important. And it will carry you through any sort of relationship that you have. Nor are your relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. relationships are not contingent on anyone else's expectations of what it should be yeah basically there's no there's no right way to do anything and success is is so there's no right way to do anything but people are going to tell you that their way is the right way so we're here to kind of help you deal with that (laughs) Mm -hmm. well and starting with our our pre-thanksgiving our pre-thanksgiving advice that would have been helpful two days ago I'm going to start off our how to stop comparing yourself to others and stop comparing your relationships to everyone else's list with uh, understand your trigger warnings and do your best to appreciate them, know what they are and uh, prevent yourself from dealing with them. So if you know that your mom, like Bree said, is going to be judgy about the choices you've made, get your speech together about these are the choices I made, mom. Absolutely. Be prepared. Yeah, it's not about being defensive. It's just about having, just being, getting yourself, building the mental barrier, yeah. right? Building that mental, like, tough skin so that you know, like, you can run that scenario, run that conversation through your head a few times, and you can remove, first remove the anger and the defensiveness from yeah. it. And then you have your, you know, it's like writing a paper, then you have your rough draft, and then you go back through that, and you can approach it with some emotional neutrality and say, you know, I respect you and I love you, but this is a choice that I made. Like, this is my partner and, you know, standing up for your partner in a constructive way too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just like, don't go to Black Blackout Wednesday at that bar. You know your boyfriend and your ex-boyfriend and his girlfriend slash wife like to go to. <laughs> like, just like shit like that. Like, just don't set yourself up to be in a position where you're already down on yourself, man. Yeah, very true. Yeah, I'm already, like, because this is the first Thanksgiving I'm going to be home at in, like, three years, and my brother's going to be in town, and my, like I mentioned, my brother's, like, the perfect child, and I loved him, like, this is nothing against him, he didn't sign up for this, but he is a rocket scientist that lives in Denver, Colorado, with his NICU nurse wife and their golden doodle, and he's basically on that white picket fence track, which is Honestly, if they don't announce a pregnancy at Thanksgiving, I'll be surprised. They don't want to get pregnant until like 30, so they won't. Okay. She's still in grad school. So, uh, so it like, really is the white picket fence it life. Is, it is the white picket fence life. Like, she's in grad school. They're going to be buying a house. Like, they're 26, 27 years old. Like, it's scary. And... I am. I know twenty six and twenty seven year olds who get like blackout drunk on weekdays. And I am like, <laughs> I used to know thirty four year old that did that. Was. He was planning my wet, or my wedding. He was planning his wedding like when he was my age, and that blows my mind. And absurd. It's bananas to think about that. And so I'm like already mentally preparing because I haven't, I haven't seen Tim in a while, and we haven't been to like a big familial event except for my grandpa's like memorial service in July, but obviously no one's going to fucking ask you about like your life when it's for your mm-hmm. dead grandpa. This is the holiday where people exactly. are societally expected to ask about your life. So I'm not looking forward to people prying into my relationship status and focusing on that versus being like, Oh, you got a new job because I know like, Yeah. It's just frustrating because I know my dad tells everyone about, like, Tim and things like that. But then it's like, but do you talk about me? No. Which is fine. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of like, I, I, it's yeah, annoying. like, my success in life is not based on whether or not I'm in a relationship, first and foremost. Yeah. Right. 
it's such a parallel to my family. You know, I guess it's probably different too when you're, depending on what your parents' expectations are. I think my parents, especially my mom, expected I was going to be the big fuck up. And out of my very large family, and I'm the only girl out of, I technically have six brothers, but out of the four, the, uh, four that I'm close to, I'm the one that hasn't moved home. I'm the one that has had, you know, more stable career path have had, you know, I moved out of state and haven't come back home to my parents. Like there's so many different things, but when I go home for the holidays, it's not, Oh, are you dating anyone? Oh, are you going to, do you want to get married? Did you got a house? Oh, what are you doing for work? Oh, how much do you pay you? Like my family is completely different where we just don't talk about those things. Like those are not, they're not expectations for, and maybe that's why I have some of the, the attitudes that I have about life is because it's just, you know, I watched my, I had a lot of strong female peers. So I watched them set their standards of success and they never had to answer to anyone for their standards of success. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just been a little bit different in how I was reared because those, like what Amanda faces is completely opposite of yeah. what I face when I go home. Mm-hmm. My dad will get a martini drunk and be like, I just want you to meet a nice man. And I'm like, well, I'm bringing you one home this year, dad. I hope you're happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The time has come. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Now you guys can get martini drunk together. No, I'm like the the air horn app on your phone. You're like, yeah, Well, I guess I can just record me going. (laughs) 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 You can just do that, and it could be in the spirit. Oh man, I'm just gonna incredible to him when he's sleeping. In fucking, I'll I'll record it and I'll send it to you. (laughs) Do it. But I like, I really like your second point, Katie. I read it, and I think, I think this one's gonna be. Yeah, you want you want me to tell the people? I want you to tell the people. Number two. You're getting everyone's PR pack. So when Kim Kardashian launches a new whatever the fuck that she named wrong and had to rename because she's clueless, (sighs) she sends out these big product boxes to other celebrities to put on Instagram and they like fan through it with their long fingernails. Go, ooh, look at this lipstick. Look Look at this poorly named shapewear. Ooh. And they thank her and they promote her shit for free. And those are called PR boxes or packs or whatever. It's a common thing. Everybody does it. In your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever timeline, at Thanksgiving dinner, in passing at that Black Wednesday hotspot, everyone is going to be giving you their PR pack. It is a pitch of how great they're doing, how nice their life is. You are getting the highlight. Shut up, Siri. that goddamn bitch you are getting you are getting their pr pack nothing is real yeah. it's nothing all is real. real we're all nihilists this is all <laughs> like, oh God, like, yeah. I've, i'm really falling into a huge nihilist swing because like nothing fucking matters um i keep making jokes about how like it's cool if you die alone um but i mean it's it is cool it's if you die alone like yeah. Sorry if I just spit on you. You didn't. I'm wearing stockings. <laughs> Do something useful for me for once. Uh, but yeah, it, yeah, it's you're, you're getting a fucking highlight it's reel. It's a preview to a movie that sucks. <laughs> yes. As I was saying before, we got so sidetracked. Basically, what I'm not trying to do is just say that, like, my brother and people deserve the success that they build for themselves, and that's fine. But it's when you start feeling that pressure to be like them, whether it's from yourself or from your family or from friends or whomever, that's when it's like toxic and not okay. So I wanted to like 
point that out. They're like, we're not trying to shit on people. So if I'm like shitting on my brother, it's not because I'm shitting on Tim. It's just I'm annoyed. Annoyed. I'm annoyed at the pressure for me to be on that level. And that's not what I want. Yeah. I mean, and there, there are people whose, whose goals have been like, I've always been jealous of people who like had a I in my life have Girl, never had work. a job where I'm like, that's my goal. I Girl, joked recently that I yeah, do want to own a media empire, which is not untrue. I want to be like a sexy Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> you know, I could also be a sexy RuPaul work, but right, just in our own ways. But I want to be like a sexy Rupert Murdoch and like own a media empire. But like, that's a crazy dream. That's not like a, but that's that's also like a joke that I made in context. I've never like there was this kid I met. I remember from high school who I drove home from school like a bunch because we were both music people, and his yeah. goal was to be a surgeon. But and I was always just like, no, I'm just going to go yeah, be a surgeon. Yeah. I was like, you're kind of an idiot. This is also the person who hopped the fence at Lollapalooza and got tetanus doing it. So it's like, you're kind of an idiot. But, uh, okay. And like, but I also, what? I do. It whatever, it's whatever motivates you. But sometimes that, you just don't you know, have that. And that can be professionally or personally yeah. or whatever. Some and some people do have that. And some people, that's the the picket fence some that they're going for. So, like, not to hate on that. Life it's just, like, not stuff. for everybody. They have the right personality, the right mm-hmm. uh, train of thought, where, you know, things just kind of fall in their lap. And then there mm-hmm. are others that are set up very mm-hmm. poorly in life and you have to figure it out and either do well or don't. And then there are some that are set up really poorly in life and take years and years to figure out what is the right fit for them. I mean, kind of like on that benchmark of talking about like the dream job, like some folks know Mm -hmm. right out of school that they want to be a surgeon, for instance. And for me, like I have worked so many different types of jobs. I have a background in my field now, but it took me until I guess probably around this time last year getting back into the field I went to school for to say, yeah, you know what? Like I do come from a long family lineage of, of experience, but this is the right fit for me. This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And now I can kind of see bigger things outside of it that I want to do, but I took the pressure off myself to get there. Yeah. So then that's like another thing about expectations. Like when you have expectations of yourself of where you're supposed to be in a relationship, where you're supposed to be in your career, mm-hmm. where you're supposed to be just in general, in your life that all takes time it's there are very like again very few of us that are set up in life to attain those things and attain them quickly it takes time you have like you have to build a skill set you have to build relationship skills you have Mm -hmm. to have bad bad jobs and bad boyfriends or bad girlfriends Mm -hmm. before you can get to that place that you want to be because there's a buffering there's a learning curve there you know take the pressure off of yourself like Stop looking at your life in this linear length of time. Yeah. Like, you'll get there. Just keep pushing at whatever rate is good for you, that's right for you. Move forward, and you will get there. If you keep looking backwards to, like, the things that you haven't accomplished or, like, the mistakes that you made rather than saying that's a mistake but I learned from it and you move forward and move past it, you're, you even delay yourself further. It's just time is irrelevant. Get there when it's right for you. Motiv- motiva- motivational speaker, TED Talk, Brianna Charles. <laughs> Do Kiki shit. <laughs> uh, so number three. Fuck yeah. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Yeah, number three. This came up in a lot of the articles that I read, which I I tried to read like some actual science and psych articles, guys. I'm good at stuff. And that was motivate yourself with comparison, which I don't, this can be healthy and unhealthy at the same time. 
And I used the example of a couple of years ago, my parents did Weight Watchers together. My dad lost way more weight than my mom. Which, by the way, and weight is easier for men to lose than women. So, ladies, don't put yourself on that train. <laughs> exactly, and that was the th- that's what happened. And while they both got healthier, that comparison put her under a ton of stress and made her feel sh- shitty about her own progress. When the deck was stacked against her in the first place, mm-hmm. testosterone helps you drop weight yeah. or gain muscle like no fucking other. Yeah. We are child. We're women, genetically child, child-rearing women. We put on weight in areas to support our body to carry another human being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is because carrying another human being is hard, and yeah. it needs cushioning, and it needs a lot of extra nutrients, and it needs yeah. a lot for your body to feed this thing growing in you. That is science. That yeah. is nature. Like if you are also working out and you're putting on muscle, and you don't see a number on a scale going down, you're putting on muscle. You're building muscle what? and losing fat. You're good. You're fine. You're yeah. good. Yeah. And so, eat that damn cheesecake. It's not cheat day. Don't punish yourself. Right. Yeah. Treat yourself. So motivate yourself with comparison because you saw somebody else have a big accomplishment and you say, next year, I want to have a big accomplishment to come back with. It doesn't need to be the same accomplishment. It doesn't mean that you need to be making their new salary. Just because someone got their shit together to get a new job this year and you want to do that for yourself doesn't mean that you have to do the exact same thing, mm-hmm. dude. If you motivate yourself with comparison to that level of a T, you become a crazy person and you become that annoying guy on my Instagram who does body like body modeling competitions and he's absolutely insane. Like a bodybuilder? So don't be that guy. He's a bodybuilder. He's done like three or four competitions. He used to be my manager. <laughs> And he is literally, he's one of the people, he came up to me one day at work and he's like, Katie, I think you're depressed. And that was it. That was the end of the conversation. I was, he was, and it was like, you should fix that. I was like, you don't understand how this works. He's one of those people that life has been set up for him. He has the right mentality and he's always had it. We can't all be that person. And, you know, it, there is also too a factor of this that I think that should greatly be mentioned is entitlement comes with a price where you don't necessarily care for others. Mm-hmm. That also can go the other way, where you haven't had entitlement, you've had to find your own way, and you don't care for others. That's two different types of not caring. Mm-hmm. But going back to this whole, the lucky ones that kind of have things fall in their lap or that are set up well in life, a large region, reason why we have that 1%, we have these really successful people in life, is because they do not have empathy for others and will step on other people to get to those goals. If you're a compassionate Mm -hmm. person and you don't see yourself hitting those marks of success, but you see the really terrible coworkers around you doing that, that is because they cut throats to get there. Mm -hmm. If that is not part of your measure of what makes you happy, don't compare yourself to those people. Exactly. It's on your your own terms. Always on your own terms. I couldn't have said it better. Yeah. All right, number four. With that, similarly, all benchmarks are not created equal. Just because somebody gets promoted at the law firm they work at and you work for a nonprofit, your promotion is never going to monetarily equal theirs. You sit around that Thanksgiving table and you can have the same accomplishments, but you don't have the same physical lifestyle results. Or you also get engaged, but the person next to you has a bigger ring. Be proud of your, where you are in your life and be happy with the choices you've made because they're yours. Yes. Absolutely. Don't like Do it for yourself. Comparison's great, but comparison is the thief of joy. Like, take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. It's going to always be part of us. We are competitive beings. We, mm-hmm. you know, it, there's definitely some very primal things that are built into us genetically, but, um, and healthy competition is good. Healthy jealousy yeah. is good. There are, there's things that are good about some of those those traits. But, you know, like like we keep going back to, it's your measure of what success is. It's your measure of what happiness is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that lady with the bigger ring or the dude with the bigger, fancier car might be miserable. Yeah. You know, some yeah. of that is, again, some of it's for show. Some of it is the A lot of it's story. for show. Yeah, exactly. We don't, you don't, you don't know the whole picture, man. We and never like, do. lawyers have, I think, the highest rates of alcoholism in any profession. Mm-hmm. And adultery. Yeah. So, like, really, you're 
brother got promoted at his law firm, but he's on a one step track to sad town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that the running theme here is you don't know where people are at. It, yeah, yeah, that's actually too much. We don't ever know. I don't know Amanda's measurement for success, and I don't know Katie's measurement for mm-hmm. success, and neither of you really know mine. Yeah. You know, like what mm-hmm. we really feel and and that in those kind of like closeted parts of ourselves. That's you know, that kind of that background current that always runs in our head of like what we want or what we need in our life. So we don't know others' measures of success. Mm-hmm. So we look at the guy with the, the fancy car or the woman with the fancy ring, maybe that's not enough for them. Maybe it's more than they ever expected. The second thing mm-hmm. is you don't know where people are in life. Maybe fancy car guy and fancy ring lady are miserable. Maybe they're getting married because they are rotten people who only end up finding each other and can tolerate each other. Or maybe yeah. they just love each other unconditionally because they both want to reach the same goals in life. Mm-hmm. You don't know where each other at. But I think the biggest thing yeah. out of all of this is that set your own measures of happiness, set your own measures yeah. of success for yourself. You know, there is something I was thinking about earlier too, when we were talking about, um, when you're talking with your family and the expectations that they have for you, if those are your expectations also for yourself, again, when we're talking about time is don't be defeated. Set short-term goals for yourself, the things that you want. If it is just putting your laundry away and it's laundry been sitting Mm -hmm. there for three weeks, put your laundry away. Make, achieve all these like smaller goals. And then those really big ones don't feel as big anymore because you can see that you can succeed. You can see that you're moving forward. And then eventually you get to that point where you hit that big goal and that big goal wasn't even big anymore. There's something after that. And you're like, well, how did I get here? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Fuckity fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I can't disagree with that. Yeah, no. I'm going to skip number five because I don't like it and I want to speed things up. Okay. Can I? So we're going to go to the next one, I, which is my favorite note. Can I read the definition? Of You, you want to read a definition? Yeah. That's what I do. I what? Just oh my God. As you know, I so, the Kings episode. Oh, yeah. My big thing right now, because I listened to the Happiness Lab, is counterfactual thinking. And Amanda, what is counterfactual About thinking? About to drop that bomb. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so counterfactual thinking. Um, where is this? Where is this? From? It's from Wikipedia. According to, according to our favorite website, wikipedia.com. 